Hello, welcome to the Effortless Podcast with your host, Caleb Lassar. Our mission here is really simple. If you're a coach, entrepreneur, consultant, expert in your field, we want to normalize allowing things to be easy and effortless. We want to create a space or a conversation where I could talk to guests, share ideas with you that normalize allowing things to be good. It just gets to be better and better. It doesn't mean that bad things don't happen. It means that we handle those bad things with grace and we continue having an easy and effortless life. If you love that message, you're probably going to love the guests. And if you did get value out of this podcast today, I would love it if you could share this with somebody as this will help our growth. We'll see you in the episode. Hello. Uh, welcome to the next episode. Today, we're going to be talking about Alex Hormozzi's massive launch. And if you haven't seen that massive launch, effectively the long shot, Alex Hormozzi was somewhat not a well-known marketer two years ago. Now he's probably one of the biggest marketers in the world, evident by the fact that he got, I think, half a million registrations on a webinar launch that he did to sell his book. And um, he went through the whole process. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it yet, he got into the pitch and you know that part where it's like, and this was valued at 997, but usually I charge 10 and this was valued at 20,000. And he did the whole pitch and whole stack and he goes today the price that you will pay one single payment is zero and so everyone was like what the hell uh so he's just given away all of this strategic stuff which evidently by his track record is incredibly valuable and his philosophy is make free stuff so good that the paid stuff seems silly or something along those lines and um this is not a hate uh, podcast on Alex Hormozzi at all. It's actually a, a really good opportunity to talk about something that I believe is really important. And a lot of the reason as to why there's no strategy, why it's not strategy, right? Why, why Alex Hormozzi's book launch can teach us that the reason why we're not successful has nothing to do with strategy. Now you have one of the best marketers that we've seen in the last 10 years come out, give you absolutely everything for free, yet people are still not going to be successful. And so today's podcast is to dig into why that's the case. And I think the best way to think about this is we won't be successful until we deal with the reasons why we don't want to be successful. So I'll say that again, you will not be successful until you deal with the reasons why you do not want to be successful. So if we take a business owner, etc., who has all of the information in front of them and evident by Alex Formosi, just like strategy is not an issue now. You literally have the most modern up-to-date Sam Ovens business-related strategic course for free. And that's, I'm going to sound like a giant affiliate here. There's nothing to do with me affiliate. It's just for you to observe that if you're not successful now in what you're doing, it's not strategy. There's, a, there's some kind of reason, some kind of block that's holding you back from being successful. And this is the stuff that I've seen in my clients time and time again, that when you shift this stuff, when you clear whatever it is, the reason that you don't want to be successful, it just, you just pop, you just explode. Just so many clients have just gone on to do multiple six figures, seven figures, like huge businesses, huge numbers after we clear the reasons why they don't want to be successful. And 
the the reason why we don't want to be successful is because the identity that we have is not a match for the identity that we want to become. So say it again. The reason why we're not successful is because the identity that we have does not match the goal that we want to become. And we talked about what is an identity and how we can shift it in the last podcast episode, but this is a this Alex or Mosey thing has brought up a really good opportunity is you can have all of the tools in front of you, but if your identity is not aligned with the goal that you want, it doesn't matter what resources in front of you because that identity that you have has been created to protect you, not to help you thrive. Now there are some identities that are built around success. So we talked about the hero identity last uh, episode whereby that identity feels a sense of like I matter and I belong when I'm successful. And however, there's kind of like a limit to that. So they get to a certain, you know, degree of success. So you, you might actually might take some hormosy stuff and succeed a little bit, but then that next level will forever remain elusive, not because you're silly or dumb or, or don't know what to do, but there's that invisible force field that holds you back like an invisible handbrake on your potential. Uh, and that's, that's the identity at play. There's an identity mismatch. And within the identity holds things like values, emotions, beliefs, and then there's a whole piece around energetics. And so remember this identity that you play or has been given to you, crafted by your zero to seven period, your imprint period, your socialization, your whole tribe dynamic that we covered in the last episode, that identity is not designed to be successful. It's designed to protect you from being hurt. It's designed to placate your pain, right? It's a, it's a defensive mechanism. So if all else remains true and you have everything that you need to be successful right now, because Alex or Moses just disrupted the entire industry and just laid out every strategic thing, then why would you not? And the answer is not because you're silly, not because you're dumb, not because you're an exception, not because there's something wrong with you, not because you're broken, not because you're unlovable. It's simply because the rule book that you were given, and as a consequence, the identity that you adapted into is not a match for the goal that you want to achieve. And so let's talk a little bit more about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And some of the other reasons why what we need to do in order to be okay moving into that version of ourselves. So we talked a little bit about resigning from the old identity. That's the first thing. The second thing is uh, we only have problems because we believe that we need the problem. So right now, if you have this problem of inconsistency, of uh, up and down, feast and famine, if you have self-sabotage, if you have procrastination, we only have a problem because we perceive that we need the problem. What does that mean? On some level, that problem fulfills a need for us. It allows us to sustain the current reality that we have or the identity that we have. So a lot of these problems that we perceive that we have that are something wrong with us, they're actually something that our identity needs to keep the current reality together. It, we, we repeat these cycles of behavior to keep our reality somewhat same. So the consequence of self-sabotage is sameness. It, it keeps things consistently same. If you didn't self-sabotage, you would grow, which would be a whole lot of uncertainty, which your identity doesn't want. It's out of control. And so 
the inverse is true as well with procrastination. Procrastination is variety, it's challenge. So when, when you have too much sameness, you might start procrastinating as a way to create variety uh, and like adventure and challenge in order to keep yourself, in order to keep those needs met. And that's that's what your identity is craving. And so it's developing these behavioral strategies, so these problems that we we think we don't want but we actually need because they allow our identity to continue playing out the way that it plays out. It's, it's all a one big, and we use the NLP term of a strategy. It's like, you know, if I, if I sabotage, then I'm going to have a problem that I need to solve. And then I can get my significance from being the hero and solving that problem. If I procrastinate and I don't, you know, go and do that thing, put myself out there, then I never have to use my voice. And if I don't have to use my voice, then I don't have to upset anyone. Then I can continue to be the good girl who never rocked the boat or the good boy who never rocked the boat. And so these are just small examples of how these behaviors that we think are wrong with us, but as often that we need these, right? They, they help us, uh, maintain the current reality now that doesn't mean that that strategy is necessarily functional for the direction that you want to go right it's but it's the first step is you've got to recognize that you everything that you're doing is to try and keep you safe like you you're not trying to purposely screw yourself up you're trying to keep yourself safe so the the third thing i would say is the other thing that our identity protects us from is having to feel emotions that were essentially banned, shamed, or shunned growing up. And these usually, we call these the big four. So these are fear, anger, sadness, guilt. And these big four emotions have a whole bunch of sub-emotions. And a lot of the reason why we don't take action on something, right? So let's say, for example, you, you've been given the roadmap to the lead magnet. Alex Somozzi, and we don't take action on it. The reason for that is not because you're silly, <laughs> not because you're dumb, it's because you're actually quite intelligent and capable, is along that journey of executing that roadmap and then put up executing that lead magnet and then putting it out there and having people opt in, there is an unfamiliar emotion that was shunned or rejected growing up. So that rule book when you were growing up said that emotion's not okay, or you had a bad experience. So let's say, for example, you were to put the lead magnet out there and nobody, and you know, somebody commented, oh, that sucks. It's terrible. It's going to bump up across this feeling of maybe humiliation. And so what you, the, what the sabotage and the procrastination is doing when you don't take the action is going, well, I'm not okay with humiliation that was really painful for me. So I'm going to create strategies to stop us from facing humiliation. And if we use another example, uh, let's say for example, the lead magnet goes out and nobody buys and nobody bites the emotion that you would experience would maybe be shamefulness that like, Oh, I followed it to a T and it didn't work for me. And so the procrastination will come up. It will stop you from doing it or you'll run a strategy like perfectionism. It's like, does it look right? Are the colors okay? Is my top? You'll never actually do it because if you did do it, you'd then have to face shame. And shame is unfamiliar. 
because you might have gotten shamed when you were younger. And so this this idea of of like we we only have problems because we perceive that we we need the problem. This is what it relates to is you won't do those things simply because you don't want to be shamed or that feeling is unfamiliar. So sustainable success, right? Effortless success is whereby you build a degree of self-trust in feeling those unfamiliar emotions. So there's a few parts to it, right? So let's say the first part is the identity. You need to do an, an unconscious process to resign from the identity and step into the new one. Then the second thing would be starting to look at the reasons why we perceive that we need the problem and heal them. And that could be, well, I'm unfamiliar with shame. So we would go through, and this doesn't have to necessarily be with like a coach. You can do this on your own. You can work through journaling and you can go, okay, what am I making it mean? Uh, where did I learn that shame was not okay? Where is it located within the body? Does it have a color, shape? Does it move? And the goal with an emotion is to feel it without judgment, without meaning, without attachment and resistance. So, yeah, so without judgment and meaning. So what that means is, let's say, for example, it's the shame. Would you stop judging yourself for feeling shameful about potentially failing? So we want to bring it to our awareness and go, oh, wow, okay. So if I put this out there and then it didn't go well, I would feel shame. And so your goal is to now figure out where that shame is within the body and feel it like genuinely feel it. And this might take five minutes. It might take a couple of days. You know, it might take a while, but you need to get comfortable feeling that feeling. And so that's the shame, the, the, the emotion of the shame of actually doing this. Uh, when I work with clients, it, I had someone that was doing this with Instagram recently. It was like, so what's the feeling that you perceive that you would face? And it was something along the lines of shame. Like if I go and I screw up and, I do that in front of everyone and everyone looks and goes, oh, this person is not what they're talking about. So what's the feeling? So, oh, it's shame, right? And so we sat in the shame without the judgment of it, right? We didn't say, oh, you shouldn't feel shameful. You know, you're a coach and blah, 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 do better. No, it's okay. You can feel shame. Shame is welcome within your body. It's an emotion like every other emotion, no good one, no bad one, just another emotion. And so they felt the shame. <clears throat> And so the, the second thing is no meaning and no attachment. Well, meaning and, and attachment. So we don't attach to it by going, like, I'm going to be stuck here forever. We understand that emotions are semi-permanent, right? They, they, they exist for a fleeting period of time. It's actually really interesting. I was watching a, um, a podcast with a psychologist interviewing Andrew Tate, and you just... He, he is in a perpetual cycle of running away from specific emotions. And he's managed to develop a mental model that works for him around avoiding those specific emotions. So he's actually turned it into a superpower. But the thing is, he's still running away from that specific emotion. And the price of that is that he's not very present. And he, he, he talks about it on the podcast. He goes, oh, I'm not a present person. So that's because if you if you run an avoidance strategy away from a specific moment, uh, a specific emotion, it takes you away from the present moment. And then you live in a dissociated state. And, you know, 
there's going to be people that are like, yeah, but what color is your Lamborghini? No, Bugatti. <laughs> what color is your Bugatti? What would you know? Andrew Tate, blah, blah, blah. All I can say is it was really interesting watching the, the psychologist talk to Andrew Tate and just watching the patterns of behavior play out. He's developed a mental model that works really, really well for him, but there are consequences to that mental model, right? And I think it's really, really valuable for people to see that, that there are consequences for this, for, for the decisions that we make. So, so no meaning, no attachment, right? So, so attachment can be like an, an avoidance, right? If you're avoiding something, you're still attached to it. Uh, or it can be like looking at it, concentrating it too much, a- allowing it to consume you, uh, which, which is like, oh my God, nothing's going to change. It sucks. You believe it's going to last forever. The other part of this is no meaning. So we don't then create stories. One of the favorite questions I like to ask my clients is, well, what are you making it mean about you? So if you went and you did the Facebook Live and then, you know, it didn't go the way Instagram Live, it didn't go the way that you wanted it to, what do you make it mean about you? Most of the time, I'm a failure, I'm a dickhead, I'm an idiot, don't know what I'm talking about. Excuse me. And we have all of the shame that is laying on top of this experience that they're having. A whole bunch of shame uh, and judgment. And so then we go back to the first thing, which is, can you feel it? Can you allow it, become aware of what the feeling is? And it usually goes back to some of the big four, you know, well, it's, it's sadness, it's hopelessness, it's despair, it's confusion, it's lost, it's hurt, it's worry. It's like a, a whole myriad of different emotions. And then you feel it. And every time you feel it, you build a little bit of self-trust. You actually start developing this internal sense of, oh, I can handle that. And then when you take action on that scary thing, you build self-trust. So action in the face of scary things, we call them risky problems. They're called risky problems because they come in pairs. You have safe problems and risky problems. Safe problems is like, oh, I need to change the color of my landing page. Risky problem is I need to put my offer out there. And what we do is we create safe problems in order to uh, avoid facing the risky problem. And so the risky problem in most cases is, is to take the scary action once we've felt the feeling. So whatever the feeling is that we've been avoiding, that we were scared of, that we were unfamiliar, that was uncertain to us, if we can feel it, we then conquer it. We, and then if we take the action on the back of that, we now face a risky problem. And that risky problem, once we pass through it, it builds self-trust. We build this internal sense of progress that says, hey, I, I beat that thing. Like I, I moved past that thing. These stack over time. This is what increases self-esteem. And th- this is also what increases self-trust. And over a period of time, and nearly everyone that I've worked with, and especially in my own journey, the way you get from where you are now to the goal that you want to go, go to is by facing the risky problems and building the self-trust. When the self-trust transforms, so does your external reality. And this is, this, is why, this is why no matter what Alex Hormone is he released, there's going to be some people that are successful and there's going to be some people that aren't. This podcast is for the people that aren't. And it's not because there's anything wrong with you. It's because you need to deal with the reasons why you don't want to be successful. And a lot of that is emotional. Um, is there any more I want to say on that piece? 
safe versus risky problems. No resistance, no meaning, no... Ah, the last part of the feeling emotion is no resistance. So no resistance is just allowing. It's not telling yourself that you should only feel this for five minutes, you should only feel this for an hour. It's an acceptance that this emotion needs to move through you. And you can deal with it, deal with it a whole lot of different ways. I use journaling. Um, maybe you'd call this an embodied practice, but like the other day, I just had this like really intense feeling coming through me. And I was just talking to Donna about it. I said, like, I think I just need some time. So I went to my little cave upstairs and I just sat in it. Right. So no judgment, no meaning, no attachment. I just allowed myself to completely feel that emotion. Maybe call that embodiment. I don't know what you'd call it. I just, I just locate it within the body. I move, I ask myself, and then what, and then what, and then what? So like, you know, whatever the pattern of the thought was and the fig- and the emotion that was triggered or so, you know, this could happen and this could happen and this, and then what, and how would I feel? And what am I making it mean about me all the way down to like get to the bottom of it. And I know I'm in the bottom of it because it's so painful. Like it almost feels physically painful. And this is how, you know, you've got to the core of the, of the emotion is that it's physically painful and um yeah and so i'll sit on it and it usually puts me to sleep funny enough <laughs> i don't know why i fall asleep when i feel really intense emotions but i wake up and i feel light like i feel much much better and this is you could call this like an emotional regulation practice but whatever but every single time that i move through and i feel the feeling then the action becomes clearer and i'm able to take it so yeah, so look, I hope this is helpful. I thought it was really topical that the Alex Hormozy webinar was going on. It presents an opportunity for us to talk about how strategy is not the thing because, like, all the strategies out there now. He's literally just put all of the strategy you would need to be successful. So if you're still not successful, I just don't want you to shame yourself. I don't want you to think that you're fucked up, broken, or there's anything wrong with you. It's, it's likely because the mental model that you've created or the identity that you have doesn't align with the goal that you have. That's it. Right? It's truly that simple. It's truly that effortless. And then the, how effortless ties into all of this is that once you know that and you can let go of that old identity, you can build a new one around your goal. That's when the goal becomes effortless. But again, it's, it's, it's simple, but it doesn't mean it's not without challenge. Right? To, to face risky problems feels terrifying. It feels like you're going to die. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not over-exaggerating it. It feels like an ego death every single time. And what clearing can do is it can kind of um, give you a little bit of an aesthetic, right? just to make it a little bit easier, but you still have to take that leap. So clearing, effortless, all of this stuff, it's not a bypass for the work. Remember, we stand for the internal work but that doesn't mean that the internal work doesn't still mean that we don't have to work it's just the work is different right it's not it's not dm 100 people and hope that somebody replies it's like okay so why am i not facing the risky thing that i know would move my business forward that i know would build self-trust if there was an internal reason why i didn't want to deal with this problem why i'm only having this problem because i perceive i need the problem then what would it be i hope that was valuable Uh, I will see you in the next episode.
This has been the Effortless Podcast today. Just want to say a massive thank you for tuning in. If you did love today, we would really appreciate if you could potentially like, comment, give us a review, maybe even share this podcast directly with someone if you got some kind of value from it or you really appreciated the guests. It really helps us grow and it would mean the world to me. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you.